Welcome to The Jay Martin Show. This is my weekly rant. What's up, guys? Jay Martin here, investor and CEO of Cambridge House, and I wanted to share a few quick thoughts with you today. Last week, I was a guest on a podcast, and the host asked me a question about our education system. The question was, if I could change one thing about our school system, what would that be and why? Now, as many of you know, I have three super young kids, so I actually think about this regularly. And right away I said, I wish our school system would teach the language of money because right now it absolutely does not. Most of us go through two decades of formal education and we never touch on concepts like tax strategy, credits, interest rates, let alone the financial markets and ideas like leverage. And as a result, we all graduate from this school system and start playing the same game, right? The game of money, because suddenly we need to generate a livelihood, provide for ourselves, maybe one day provide for our family. So we're all playing the game of money, but so few of us were taught the language of money that even though we're playing the same game, only a small percentage of people actually know the rules. Now this, I believe, is the core root of most of the expressions of civil unrest that I've seen throughout my lifetime from the 2010 Occupy Wall Street movement, right up until the 2021 storm on the Washington Capitol building. And I know there's been millions of expressions before that. I'm just speaking of my personal life experience. The disconnect between the people and the language of money has been the root cause because people are waking up, maybe in their mid thirties, looking at the Monopoly board and saying, this doesn't make any sense. How did I get so far behind? They're confused, they get upset, they get angry, and they wanna point the finger and say, somebody must have cheated because there's no way this happened legally. And it's not a stretch to understand how that occurs. Now, in any arena of life, nefarious action takes place, obviously. But this issue, in my opinion, is way bigger than a few bad actors because basic wealth strategies like capital gains through to the most simple concepts like producing more than you consume are not taught in our school system. And producing more than you consume may seem like it should be common sense, but look at our world leaders. Do any of them practice this? I mean, who's setting the example? Why should anybody feel like they should act that way when our world leaders are not, okay? Now, thankfully, I didn't wake up at 30 years old with $100,000 in student loan debt for a liberal arts degree that's just never gonna pay itself back. But millions of people did, and you can understand why they're upset because throughout their entire life, they were probably encouraged to go get that formal education, go to university, better yourself, borrow the money, who cares, it's cheap and you have the rest of your life to pay it back. And that's the cruel irony, the rest of your life to pay it back. Because in the United States, you can declare personal bankruptcy, but those student loans, they stick with you for life. This is like the most horrifying analogy for eating your own children. Now my hope is that this changes and I believe it's starting to. The school system is being transformed. And let me give you an example. As I said, I have three young kids. My oldest is five. So he just started kindergarten. His school is a bit alternative, but it's not some private pricey education system. It's actually the opposite. His entire school through to high school takes place outside. There are literally no classrooms, okay? Now I live in the Pacific Northwest. So of our 12 months of the year, seven or eight of those months are really cold, pretty wet, rainy, snowy, all of it, right? And they're outside the whole time. So this program, to begin, builds very resilient little kids. Now resilience, that's a life skill that has absolute value. Now the curriculum is different, of course. On day one, you know what the kindergartners do? They all hike into the forest and they select a tree friend. Okay, they make friends with a tree. 
Now, the point of their tree friend is to teach them about the concept of cycles because throughout the course of the year, they're gonna watch little buds appear on their tree friend's branches. Then those buds will turn into leaves. Then the leaves will turn brown. Then the brown leaves will fall to the ground and a period of quiet stillness takes over, i.e. winter, before the buds reemerge. Every season, there will be change. And this exposes the kids to two important lessons. Number one, cycles are everywhere. And number two, nothing stays the same. The tree becomes colorful and vibrant, but in winter, the vibrancy fades and that dark stillness takes over. And isn't this like a metaphor for our life, right? We're on a roll, we're on the come up, and then the crisis and the fall from grace and the depression hits that we feel like will never end. But as the tree shows the kids, nothing stays the same. We go through darkness and light, beauty and bareness, warmth and cold, but eventually the tree blooms again. Now, I've been studying this guy named Aaron Beck recently. He's known as the father of cognitive behavioral therapy because I look at all the conflict and division in the communities that surround me. And I think at the core of it, there's, there are some mental health issues that we need to discuss. Now, Aaron Beck has developed what, he's, what he calls the cognitive triad of depression, which includes three prevalent thoughts in the person. Number one, I am no good. Number two, my world is bleak. And number three, my future is hopeless. Now, why this struck me was because as an investor and as somebody who interviews investors for a living, I'm very familiar with recency bias, right? Recency bias to say, we believe our immediate future will be reflective of our immediate past, right? What happened yesterday will likely happen tomorrow. And this is a trap that investors fall in, all right? And we all go through this as human beings. When things are bad, we believe they will always, they will stay bad, right? Simultaneously though, when things are good, we believe they're gonna stay good. And this is the number one reason that I have seen wealthy people go broke. They start making good money, so they believe that they always will. They upgrade their house, they add a new car payment, they relieve themselves of the frugal burdens of their past, and then if the income becomes compromised, suddenly they find themselves over leveraged, right? Leveraged, there's that word again, maybe they were never taught that in school, which brings me to the core issue I see with our school system is that in school, kids are taught to memorize facts, but in the world, we navigate change. And those are true and they are absolutely disconnected and very different from each other. So my wife and I recently sat down and wrote out the equivalent of a business plan for our parenting, beginning with core values that we wanted to instill in our kids. And the core values that we landed on were creativity, confidence, and causation. Causation being the relationship between hard work and reward, right? Because trying to teach a five-year-old why they should put up with a challenge, do the hard thing for the for the gratification down the road is a challenge in itself, an important thing that we want to instill in our kids. Now, in any past or future economy, creativity is an asset. But without confidence, that creativity may never take action, right? And causation is what resilience is all about, understanding that reward comes after hard work. To the best of my knowledge, the recipe for success is very simple. Think critically, keep trying things even when they don't work out, okay? Creativity, confidence, and causation. That's what that means to me. Now, our world is in a crazy state of change. We are entering what I believe to be a new world order. COVID-19 may have come and gone, but that was not the event. That was the trigger point for the events to come. Some that are unfolding, but most of which have still yet to unfold. So it's important now, more than ever, to understand the language of money as we move into this new world order, which will disrupt everything as we know it, especially financial markets and the movement of money. 
It's never too late to learn the language of money. Now, I started my podcast and my YouTube channel very self-servingly. I wanted to improve my portfolio. So I sat down with serially successful investors, money managers, entrepreneurs, economists, and politicians that allowed me to stress test my own ideas, things that I was excited about, allowed me to find my own blind spots or see new opportunities that were off my radar. And in that regard, it's worked famously well. But as I've gone down this path, a bigger mission has appeared to me. I want my channel to be the place where the most important conversations occur that people need to hear. And I think this is one, but let me know what you think in the comments.